Greetings, everybody. Hello and welcome to Brace for Reality and Jump for Certainty. My name is Dom. My name is Nilo. And I'm Charlotte. We are some students at Copenhagen Business School that we might also call CBS uh, later on in the podcast. And we are all reunited together to talk about our future experience where we will be leaving to India in two weeks. What would you then say, Dom, that drove you to this course itself? I would say I was a bit naive when I applied for this course. I was obviously pulled in by the prospect of traveling to India. I think at this point I hadn't seen a course at CBS that offered such a distant immersion. It was something so different. So I was just really enticed to be able to do something different. But I think now that we've all done a few weeks of the course together and we have a better understanding, I think I'm a lot more excited to go to India to actually, as cheesy as it sounds, embed myself into this culture and actually learned what we've been doing in class. I don't know if you want to elaborate more, Charlotte, on what we have kind of been deciphering in class and what we've been critiquing. Yeah, the thing is, what we could have realized in the past sessions that we have done in Copenhagen is that there's a lot actually, like we learn a lot at, at university, etc. But I would say like one of the main problems and what we like got to like realize in these sessions is that we learn, but in a very static way. So like one of the like main goals that we hope to have from this class is to be able to like take out this boundedness and like be able to maybe open up a bit more uh, to the world. Nilo, maybe you can maybe you can give us some context of what has been going on in class because I think it's been a bit of a an interesting way of learning. Well, definitely comparing to other courses, this particular one has has taken a very different approach to in-class learning as itself. Maybe give some context of how we how we even start our classes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just the classroom setting itself just was going going into that is that we sit in what is called the well, and that is a safe space for all the students attending class that day. It's so basically a it's kumbaya a, circle. Yeah, yes, it's exactly. a big circle, <laughs> big circle where people don't judge and are open, most importantly. Uh, we do some crazy, crazy in-class activities as well, which then are actually tied into the academic readings for the sessions themselves. So the sessions are split into three 45-minute sections where we first play a game, then have a discussion based on the game itself, and finally tie it down to those readings and the academic knowledge available. For me, the, I've never done a learning method of this sort, so it, it has definitely been a journey. I think you can imagine, especially we're based in Copenhagen in Denmark, and here it is quite often passive in the learning culture. Often we're, it, we're just given PowerPoints and it's a lecture that's going on a, off on a tangent and people remain pretty passive and they don't speak much during class and we kind of hide behind our computer screens typing away. And at least for me, something that I've found very profound during this course, what, what Nilo's been saying, which is so different, is our 
professor, Sudansu, he, as soon as we walk into class, he's like, everybody put the computers away, <laughs> yeah. move the move the tables, <laughs> away with the tables, and we sit in this circle and uh, we play our games and whatnot, and I think for a lot of people, it, it was quite weird. People were like, what is this? Yeah. Is this a kindergarten or what's happening? Yeah, I actually think for me, it was like a really different way of learning because usually how I learn is that I look at the PowerPoint, I learn how to do it, I maybe do some exercises based on the theory that I've learned, etc. But in this approach, it's more like I have to reflect, I have to think about it. I like also sometimes the links are not super clear between the games, the readings, etc. So it really like, yeah, asks to like think a little bit out of the box. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely like my learning process in this class is completely different mm. than in another like more traditional learning. I yeah, say. I have to agree on that. For me, the kind of <laughs> presumptions coming into this course was that it was going to be a five-step preparation to actually <laughs> then embarking on our immersion. It has not been like that. I still still feel like physically very unprepared, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So there, there hasn't been that much discussion going into <laughs> what is the requirements of actually being physically there. So it's all been more about mental preparation, if, if that makes sense. So it, it wasn't mm -hmm. what I expected it to be, like a sit down and a army prep for a mission, you know, we're going down there to kind of do yeah. this mission come back out but it, it's I think that he's in a weird way like preparing us for the unexpected exactly, exactly. and I think we've we've had a series of these of these type of games and it's it doesn't matter to go into detail necessarily what we did but I think the main thing out of this learning journey before going to India that we're all kind of realizing is that we can have all the knowledge in the world and I don't know, that could be given to you through readings or PowerPoints or models or whatever. But in reality, when we're actually playing or doing these things, it, there's so much more complexity and it, and it doesn't necessarily work all the time. And I think that's the whole kind of leads us into our next question is this critique on the current way of learning in how we usually do things at school and in, within universities and within the classroom as we have this learning trap. Mm -hmm. And Nilo, I don't know if you want to share your academic experience of how you think this learning trap is or what is this learning trap? So overall, I mean, attended a couple of different business schools, be that my home institution for my bachelor's, my year abroad, and now at CBS. And all of the learning curriculums and the kind of takes on business learning itself have been cross-borderish. So, you know, even if the context of the country and the culture has been different, the teaching methods have been rather the same. It's a fairly simple uh, <laughs> classroom setup where the joy of my academic journey so far has been honestly the group work. I, I love group work. I love being a part of that. Overall, I'd say, say my master's itself has a more playful approach, but this course has kind of set in, in stone what you can gain from this different learning approach. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I say that, um, I mean that actually being able to tie those concepts and frameworks and something that's very abstract in your head into something that you're doing physically, 
be that then the scarf game that we played or stranded island sinking ship game where we had to tie the value of our pitch and the negotiation itself as kind of a final critique on what what is the benefit over common way of learning is that the interactions and the smiles on the faces of the students kind of tell it all right mm -hmm. so this course has brought us together as a class so mm -hmm. far very well we've sung and danced and done everything we've so. humiliated ourselves <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. we've showed our singing we've done it yeah we've actually put our vulnerability on the line yeah mm -hmm. and i think that's really that's not prioritized in in modern learning today no it these definitely basic brings things. the human no. factor in into the world exactly. of academia and actually very interesting because with some of these games, like you can realize how like the most simple game, like just singing, there's already a whole complexity around it. <laughs> it was, uh, what, did you, what, do you, what do you mean by that? First, maybe the first point we have to say is that we had to teach a song to one of our, our like friends. Actually, I was uh, with Nilo at this moment and he tried to teach me a Finnish uh, music. So already, like, we just already realized, like, the complexity of even me being capable of reproducing it. It was a very simple exercise, but uh, it was hard to reproduce. It was, like, hard to do because it was, like, a tiny bit embarrassing, etc. So you already <laughs> realize that the most basic exercise, when you put it in the real world, it's just a complete different uh, scenario than what you think. You just think, okay, it's going to be easy, but... It's not necessarily always easy, so yeah. Kind of just to wrap up this learn, this whole learning trap thing and what, what I'm assuming our professor is trying to get out of us is he's putting us in these situations that are often quite uncomfortable and the, the meaning is not obvious. And I think maybe us as these CBS master students that are used to a certain way of learning and we like getting these PowerPoints and we like getting things structured and receiving knowledge in this very sanitized way. We, I, I remember he asked us, uh, how mad are you at me that I don't give you any exactly, PowerPoints? And you could just see all the Germans like, where are the PowerPoints? <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And it's, I think the whole point of this immersion and what he's trying to prepare us for is we like receiving things in a simple way and we expect it to be sanitized. And, and it's, in, it's in every way that we learn. We get given these beautiful models and these pretty things and we expect everything to fit into the these nice boxes that brings us on to our next yep. question is what is the point of leaving school to go to India but at the mm -hmm. same time I guess maybe my question for you Charlotte is what is the point of being in school then if these models are so simple like I'm actually I'm genuinely curious because right now I feel like it makes better sense to just experience things and learn by that but what's the whole point of school or at least for me I think there's still some knowledge that should be taught and also like I remember he mentioned like we need to have some data right so that we are also able to learn so I think that this is something that we get in school also I think that school really works on reflection and stuff like that even though it's a bit static and stuff that's why I think it's really important that we have different kind of like classes different kind of activities and I think it's really really important that we actually mix up the like yeah learning and the experience because I think that's we can't develop everything only with experience. Something that I just want to add to that I completely agree is that you need to have a method of structure as well as the capability of learning from that experience. In sense, we're here to build structure when it comes to CBS and 
we get a lot of it when it comes to the courses and the frameworks and all of that. But another key aspect of it is that you actually learn how to indulge in that knowledge, if that makes sense. So you, what you, do you, mean? you know what, what to take in, right? Mm -hmm. And you know exactly. the way of you learning. Exactly. I think actually you're, I completely agree with you. I think university is a great way to also realize that, okay, what am I going to take in? What is important? What is and what is not? Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, this is a great way of... Uh, Can I ask you a question then maybe to rebuttal that a bit? Yeah. But I feel often a common thing with a lot of these students from these business schools and whatnot, when they leave school, and I mean, I've experienced this myself, even just working in a, in a student job and whatnot, is I feel like I have all this knowledge mm -hmm. and I've learned all these things. And then when, I, when I'm in the working field, it, it doesn't necessarily work out and I can't really apply it or I'm not, maybe I have great ideas, but I'm not actually, they're not valued or they're not understood in the environments that I'm working in. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe you guys can help me yeah. understand this. So, I mean, for me, I think this is also part of the problem that we said earlier. It's because it's really static uh, at university, what we learn, etc. But it's obviously not as static when we go into the, mm. the business context. We can't just apply a framework and then uh, make millions. It doesn't really work like that, I think. I think the main issue is that it's, especially with university and learning these models that are sometimes a bit archaic, is we're using yesterday's knowledge to work out today's problems. But then how do we kind of create a synergy with taking out what's valuable and applying it in the real world? Actually, that just sparked something in my mind is that mm -hmm. it is not only even about just knowing what to learn, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. it's about knowing what is valuable in that context. So when, mm -hmm. when we've been taught all these methods and these frameworks and different, different ways of working even, when we actually immerse ourselves in that situation, we'll know what is of value. So to keep that existing knowledge and to be able to apply it to those situations that we're going through. So you're kind of living two worlds, right? Yeah. So it's about first taking in all the knowledge and then learning what is valuable kind of funneling it down and then actually being able to apply what is most suited to you and the situation. So can I ask you another question to add to that? Where do you find the value is of why are we going to India? What is the point then mm -hmm. to leave the confines of the classroom when we have so much knowledge that's accessible and it's so fast? Yeah, I agree. Also, because we have a lot of companies in Copenhagen, so why would we go to India, right? At least for me, I think that one important point is that it's going to be interesting to see because in India, technically, they, they learn the exact same probably frameworks as we do. The, they have the same knowledge, or at least from like university perspective. But then India is probably the most opposite culture and country and in everything to Denmark, probably in terms of number of people there, etc. So I think that having an experience like this is setting some completely new conditions, even if we think uh, that we have the same knowledge and we have the same learnings etc i think like so. something that you just said now which is really interesting when you were mentioning culture and whatnot even though we think we have like the same bounded rationality or the same way of thinking or the mm -hmm. same models it's that 
knowledge doesn't happen in isolation. And that's what you just meant now with the culture. Maybe the way that we communicate this or the ways of business, the way that we do stuff. And because it doesn't happen in isolation, it means that there's pride. Mm -hmm. I think working on pure assumptions here, I... And basing these on my previous ex experiences and um, learnings is that you can't really underestimate the power of the cultural context because it is really there all the time. Even in the smallest of interactions, it's going to be present. So putting us in that situation and just for the audience to to kind of talk around this is that our immersion in India will be working in local tech companies. It's not going to be a humanitarian trip or a vacation or anything of that yeah, I think it's, it's, oh yeah we I think it, to I think a lot of people yeah. are like yeah why why are you guys going on yeah. a on a holiday no. so yeah it, it's it's not a holiday of that sort it's, it's not humanitarian work it's more of a internship if that can yeah. be the closest yeah. of the words to tie it into so an immersion in a local company working in different industries and different markets in some cases across Asia even. To go back to this is that just the ways of working and the business culture context is going to be very different. Yeah. Placing us into that, even if you would like to consider yourself as an international person, you will, you will go through some sort of cultural shock. But that is also a very much of a strength because it introduces overall diversity into the team that we're, be, we're being planted into and introduces new knowledge, not, not even new knowledge in the way of new frameworks and something. Like, what you're trying to say is, or I don't know if I'm assuming yeah. it, but us going there, it's we're, we're, we're almost going there to break our boundedness. Yeah. So it's like we are going to go to India and, as you just said now, embedding ourselves into this context. The context is so important. Mm -hmm. But I think the main challenge, or I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to have some roadblocks. And as we just said earlier, we're maybe, maybe we will have a pride with how we perceive certain knowledge. I think that this is how we're going to solve the problem. And this is the most important problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And maybe they won't see that as the most important thing. Absolutely. And quite frankly, I think this could even apply in stances, even in Copenhagen, as we just said, being a student worker, realizing something and people don't think that your problem is as important. And I think that is going to be very interesting is how are we going to overcome that? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to align and, and be on the same page? Yeah, and overall, because it, it, we're, we might be discussing the same topics, even using the same tools when it comes to frameworks and whatnot. But because the information has been diluted in different contexts, so ours at wherever we're from, uh, most, most recently at Copenhagen Business School, the local companies have their own knowledge base and own historic buildup of knowledge and that. So when you kind of fuse these two together, of course, there will be some friction and sparks will fly, you know, but it's that where you actually get the benefits as well, mm -hmm. because you get those new views on both sides of the table. Mm -hmm. So exactly. I don't think the immersion is only just for us, but it's also for the benefit of the local context. At least that's what I hope to aim for. I actually hope, yeah, that we will be able ourselves to bring some outsider view, some Copenhagen yeah, view into, uh, yeah. and to create some value in India. That would yeah. be uh, 
that would be at least a, a nice goal. I think one thing for me that's changed after going through the lectures and also just hearing our professor Sudansu's his small little stories of what to be aware of when we go like mm -hmm. be aware that it's going to be you're going to get lost and muddled in communication and this is going to be frustrating and mm -hmm. I think I, I hadn't really given much thought to those things I think that I maybe had too much of this ambitious mindset of we're going to go to India and we're we're going to like solve a problem. And now in hindsight, now that we've worked through the motions and he's kind of telling us like you guys have your own mindsets of things and it's not going to necessarily work. Uh, we also lack a lot of humility often going into these spaces and we we don't embed ourselves in these contexts. We don't care to. We just want to take what we know and apply it, apply it, apply it. And we kind of disregard the big picture and I'm hoping <laughs> that India is going to be be that uh, realization for us. Yeah, I fully agree. And for me, I think I like what's really important for me in India is that I really develop my reflection and my way that's like I see stuff uh, that is not so bounded. And uh, yeah, mm. I hope that I open up and that I can like see more problems, uh, understand some things in a different way, maybe. And yeah, really, I think being able to reflect on it more than just, you know, being stuck in this like initial thing that I thought. So yeah, this whole like reflection aspect yeah. is something that is like important for me, or at least I hope that I would get. Nilo, do you want to wrap this up? Any Anything that you are hoping to get out of India now that you have more insights after the so, course? Yeah, probably the main takeaway at this point or the expectation is that I would like to be more aware in the present, if that makes sense. Because mm. I'm, I'm a very much of a person that likes to think a couple steps ahead, and but it doesn't really make sense it unless you're actually yeah. there when you have to. So being mentally present in the physical moments I, is something that I want to learn and develop on. So that would be my main wish. Huh? Yeah, That's a really good one. I'm going to steal that one as well. I also <laughs> just want to be present and aware of my own biases and not try to be too rockweiler. Maybe be a chameleon or a fly on the wall. <laughs> really nice. For the first part. Uh, that's really beautiful. But um, thank you so much for joining us for our episode one. And we look forward to chatting with you all for the next one. So stay, stay tuned. tuned. <laughs>